I want you to open your Bibles quickly this morning. I want you to get your fingers ready to move through the pages. You heard some testimonies of people this morning whose lives have been changed, not by Victory World Outreach, but by Jesus Christ. Religion cannot save you. Religion cannot change you. Only Jesus can give you peace. Only Jesus can give you hope. Only Jesus can give you a future. And listen to me closely. Only Jesus can save you from what is coming to this world. Am I serious this morning? Yes. Because this is serious. Amen? This is, these are serious times. And, and we have to stop if we are playing games with God. Because we are in a time that we've never seen before. And, and, and anybody that's been coming to church knows we're not just bringing this up this morning. This isn't anything new. We've been talking about this. But the world is beginning to recognize, listen, something's happening. And I want you to look quickly, 1 John chapter 2. And I want you to have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, please share with somebody this morning. Please look on with somebody. Because my words are not going to change your life. But the word of God will change your life this morning. Amen. And uh, if Dylan's around somewhere, he can turn off the monitor. Got a little hiss up here. 1 John chapter 2. Give me an amen when you get there. Please have a Bible. If anybody needs a Bible, I think we have some laying around. And, you, and I want you to look at the word. I don't want you to just listen to me this morning. I don't want you to just hear words. I want you to see that what the Bible says, please. Anybody who doesn't have a Bible, just raise your hand. It needs one somewhere and anywhere. Everybody's got a Bible? All right. Share with somebody. Look on with somebody. I don't want you listening to the words of man. Can you say amen? amen. We need the words of Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18 says something very powerful. It says, little children, it is the last hour. It is... Turn me down just a little bit. It is the last hour. And as you have heard, listen, that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the what? Last hour. How many know when it's the last hour, that means it's the last hour. Doesn't mean it's the last couple hours or the last few days. It's the last hour. And we need to have a sense of urgency in our spirits this morning to make sure that we are right with God. Amen? Come on, just because I'm talking serious don't mean you can't respond to me. This, the, the good news is this morning is we can be on Jesus' side. Amen? We can be on Jesus' side. That, I'm going I'm I'm to show you Jesus this morning. But I want you to know that this is a time where the Bible says, sober up. Amen? Sober up. We don't know tomorrow, church, what this, what this, what this nation holds. But listen, unless you've been living in a cave... We're living in times that we've never, ever seen before. I've got some what we call gray-headed people here this morning. If I gave them the microphone this morning, people who are over 50, people who are over 60 years old, they would tell you whether they're saved or not that what they're seeing today in our world, they've never seen before. And things are coming to a climax. And like, a, like a, I've said before, like a breaker box, power is hitting to that breaker and something has to kick. And the Bible says that God's judgment will only be held back for so long. Amen. And I want you to listen to what Revelation 19.11 says. True, sorry, Jesus is faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Amen. Jesus is faithful and, in, and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Who does he make war against? He makes war against the devil. He makes war against those who are on the devil's side. The Bible says that we cannot, church, take the side of the world and still be friends with God. You're either a friend of God or you're an enemy of God this morning. Amen? You're either on Jesus' side or you're against him this morning. I want you to realize that a lot of things go undone. A lot of things go unpunished, it seems. We see a lot of stuff happening in the world and we think, man, when are we going to see the justice of God in this? But I'm telling you, there's coming a day when God will stop being so merciful and graceful on this land. He will stop, not allow, he will not allow any longer these uh, dis, 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 desecrations to take place. He will not be mocked any longer. And the Bible calls that time the great tribulation of this world. And the Bible says it's going to happen. And as sure as you're standing or sitting here this morning, as sure as the sun rose this morning, that time is coming. And it's coming soon. 
And we know that even possibly, church, even tomorrow, we are, we, we are sitting here this morning, just in case you've been in a cave, we are sitting here this morning on a date of the last day of the Jewish year called Elul 29. And we are going into the last day of the, of the Shemitah year, which is the seventh day, seventh year of rest. And we're going into what's called a Jubilee year starting tomorrow. And the Bible says that at the end of a Shemitah year, something happens. And we know from past cycles in 2008, and 2001, the most recently, we have seen a stock market crash both times. And right now we are sitting here in church and I can guarantee you as sure as I'm talking around the world, there are things happening and things going on. And it is very possible, very possible that by the time you wake up tomorrow, church, there will be, there will be problems economically in this world. Why? Because of history. Because history repeats itself. Because we're in cycles. If you're, if you're saying, why can't you just preach a positive message this morning? Listen, this is a positive message. The positive message is you can be on Jesus' side when these things begin to happen. If you want a positive message that's just going to make you smile, go to a church where they're not preaching the truth. Because when you preach the truth, the truth hurts. The truth gets you right. The truth gets you repentive, amen? And we are seeing things happen right now. And I'm, listen, when it all goes down, I want to be on the right side of the fence, amen? I don't want to be on the wrong side, and I don't want to be standing in the hands of a living God. The Bible says that's a scary thing. But we have a mediator this morning named Jesus, but he wants us to wake up, and he wants us to sober up, and he wants us today to realize, listen, I can't do anything to get anybody else in this building this morning. You're here, and whoever's here this morning, God has you here to hear a message. And he has you here to hear a message that can change your life this morning if you allow it. You saw in those baptisms, people say, I used to be this, I used to be that, I used to believe this, I used to believe that, now I believe this. What has happened is the truth of the living God, the truth of the word of God has come to these hearts and they have been transformed once again, not by a biblical, or sorry, not by an institution, not by a religion, but by a relationship with the son of the living God, Jesus Christ, who's the only one who can save and deliver and heal this morning. Can you say amen? How many have been saved and delivered and healed by that name this morning? Jesus' faith, I'm going to say it again. I want you to go to the book of Acts 16. And I want to read Revelation 19, 11 again. Jesus is faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. You know, just this last week, on the 11th of September, I don't know if you all saw, we saw just a slight little possible righteous indignation from the Lord. How many know that lightning, when it strikes, it strikes from heaven? The biggest mosque in the world, in Mecca, of the Islamic religion, on 9-11 of this anniversary, was struck by lightning. And when it was struck by lightning, a crane fell into the mosque and killed, and now the last number, over 200 people. I believe that God speaks, and he's only doing this as a small picture of what is to come. Because listen, God is, I want to say this again, God is a loving God. God is a merciful God. But God is a God that will not be mocked. And God is a consuming fire, the Bible says. And here we see in Revelation that he's faithful and true and righteous and he judges and makes war. And if you want to be judged by God and be on the right side of the fence, you need to know who Jesus is. Not up here, but right here. Amen? Not by a membership card from some church you go to, but by a relationship with Jesus. Now I want to tell you this morning that God is moving. In the, the Bible says in the last days, he'll pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I'm not saying all this bad stuff just to get you to think about the bad. I'm trying to tell you to think about how quickly things can change. And I, I like a post that my daughter did yesterday and I, and I shared it again. And it, I had the thought and I thank God she did it. It showed the picture of the buildings of 9-11 being struck. 
And it showed the idea of how, if we could have known 9-11 was going to happen, how we would have prepared and how we would have been ready for it. And it's not a physical preparation, it's a spiritual preparation. Yet here we are again, 14 years later after that catastrophe, and we're, we're possibly on the horizon of something further greater than we've ever even imagined. And we have to ask the question, are we prepared spiritually? Or are we going to wake up one morning and have the world turned upside down and then say, wow, I think I should change? How many know prevention is the best medicine? And so God is moving in this world and we have to look at the side that God wants to do something even today. I believe God can do more today on this day than he's done in our entire lives. I believe more people can get saved today than have been saved in the entire history of the world. I believe the church is preaching this morning. I believe the church is going this morning. I believe the church is doing this morning. And there's a remnant like us this morning that are preaching the truth. Not what people want to hear, but what people need to hear. Amen. Just last night, our youth went out and led seven people to the Lord on the streets of Denton, Texas. Amen. Telling about Jesus and witnessing and seeing people get saved. Amen. God is moving. I saw a video this week of two Iranian Muslim women, women who got saved and turned to Jesus. And I believe there's tons of videos that would be made today if they weren't afraid, not of losing their life, but not able to be able to preach. Do you realize that when they come out and say that they have given their life to Jesus, their lives are in danger? So it's not that they're afraid to die. It's that they say, if I, if I talk, I won't be able to share my faith. Amen? We're, we're concerned about what we're going to do tomorrow, and they're concerned about how they're going to reach somebody. That's God's heart. Amen? We need to get the heart of God this morning. Listen, we might have been in a place where we've been kind of, you know, doing the old church thing. Doing the old church thing needs to end, and we need to do the God thing this morning. We need to get serious. We need to get right. We need to get ready. We need to be alert for what's coming because God is moving, and Jesus is on the throne, and Jesus is coming soon. Can you say amen? Jesus could even come back today. I'll be good with it, amen, if he wants to come right here while we're in church. And hopefully you don't have the answer. Well, I hope he comes right now while I'm in church. Not, and, and you know what I mean when I say that. I want him to come because I'm ready, but some people say, well, maybe it's Monday or Tuesday I might not be ready. I might run back to my old ways, amen. How many want to be ready Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, middle of the night, Amen. We're going to look at Acts 16, but let me give you an awesome testimony. I talked to one of our pastors in Costa Rica. One of the guys we sent out, pastors in a very, very, very dangerous city. And he was testifying. I was telling him, I said, Miguel, you got you to be preaching these end times messages. You got to be preaching. Jesus is coming. You got to get the church ready. He said, I know, pastor. It's in my spirit. I've been preaching it. That made me happy. He said this last week, his church and some other churches in the area have been talking and preaching about the rapture and Jesus coming and getting ready. And so all these churches came together and they began to try to find a way they could get all these couples married. You heard some testimonies this morning. We've seen a bunch of people married in the last few months in our church. People who were living together. People that the Bible says were living in S-I-N. Sin. Okay? Living in sin. Jesus is coming back for a people who are not living in sin. Amen. He's not coming back for people who have sin. He's coming back for people who don't live in sin. And so we got to get our lives right this morning. If you're here and you're living in sin today, you need to get that sin right. Amen. Because the Bible says you will stay. The Bible says you will not go. That's, I didn't write it. Fornicators, adulterers, liars, thieves, murderers, all these people. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. God is a holy God. More holy than we can even realize this morning. More holy than we can even really grasp. And so he's uh, telling me that they get these lawyers together, which is the, basically the civil thing we do here. Amen. And as they're doing this and they're getting these people together, he told me an awesome testimony. I want to tell you God is moving today. He said that this week on Tuesday, they got these guys together and they married 600 couples. Wow. 600 couples. Amen got married so they could be right when the trumpet sounds and Jesus comes. Amen. Isn't that amazing? 600 couples. That's revival. I believe there's stuff happening all around the world that we don't see, but we're going to talk about it up in heaven. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, smile at me. 
Jesus loves you. Tell him I'm not squirming because I'm nervous. I just got a niche on my back. You had Acts chapter 16. You know the Bible, of every 25 verses in the New Testament, there's a verse that says Jesus is coming. Every 25 verses. Every 25 verses. Every 25, sorry, not verses, words. Every 25 words, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Amen. My question to you and me this morning is, are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Amen. Acts chapter 16. There's a woman who is, has a spirit of divination. And she is possessed by a demon. And she is telling people their future. And she's uh, using this spirit of divination to make these guys money. And Paul and Silas are preaching. And she gets saved. She gives her life to the Lord. And we pick up in chapter 16, verse 24, without reading the whole story. And it says, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And listen to this. The prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors. Now if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to underline that. All the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. I'm going to read this again. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's chains were loosed. There's coming a day soon when a trumpet's going to sound. And an earthquake's going to happen. And those that are singing hymns and praises to God are going to see the doors open up for them all of a sudden. And they're going to see the shackles of this life fall off of them. Amen. And they're going to be loosed finally. Amen. I'm looking for that day when the shackles, not even sin, but the shackles of the responsibility of this life are going to fall off of me. And I'm going to be in the presence of the living God. Can you say amen? How many are ready to see that open, that door open this morning? Amen. And the, and, the, and the chains fall off of us. It don't have to be sin. It can be sin. Maybe you're here this morning and you're living in sin or you're bound by an addiction. You can call on Jesus and the chains can fall off this morning. Amen? How many know that when Jesus comes back for his church, there's going to be a great earthquake? A great earthquake. Amen? But I want to show you the spirits of this morning that we can all leave this place this morning saved. We can all leave this place this morning delivered. Amen? Now watch what happens. I'm going to read this one more time. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed, and the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But call, Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Watch this. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And Jesse, it says, You and your household. Amen. We saw three, we saw a whole family celebrating this morning. Amen. About what God had done. Husband, wife, daughter, kids, all the family members, amen. You and your household. When one person gets saved, Ruth, it's like a chain reaction. Someone else gets saved. And someone else says, man, if Jesus changed them, Jesus can change me. If Jesus saved them, Jesus can save me. If Jesus healed them, Jesus can heal me, amen. And God is in the saving and the healing business. And he got saved that day, that prison guard. Now, I want you to go to the book of John. We're going to stay in the book of John for a moment. I want to show you something this morning that the Lord has put on my heart. As you saw in that chapter of Acts 16, it said the doors were opened. The Bible says this morning that there's a door. A door of salvation. 
Amen? A door of salvation. Jesus says in his word, in verse 1 of chapter 1, if you're there, give me an amen. In the beginning was the word, capital W. And the word, capital W, was with God. And the word, capital W, was God. Now, there are translations of false doctrines that say there, and the word, small w, was a God. Jesus Christ is the verb. Jesus Christ is the word. Jesus Christ is the Son. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the doctrine of the Bible. Amen? Anybody who changes that up is not preaching the truth. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that's why it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word, W, it was Jesus, the verb. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now go over with me to verse 11. He came to His own, but His own did not receive Him. Verse 14. And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. Do you know the word begotten gets people messed up? Because they think it means that God, Jesus had to be born of God as with a mother. He had to have a mother to be able to be begotten. What you don't understand is the word begotten means unique. Jesus is unique. Why is he unique? Because the Bible says he's the door. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? And so we have to understand there's people in other religions that get messed up on that. And they just can't get their, their, wrap their, 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 hand, their, their heads around that. Uh, begotten. How did Jesus become born? What you've got to understand is what Jesus, God is trying to say in his word is that Jesus God stepped out of heaven and came down into a flesh body and became human for us so that we could, he could understand what we've been through and so that he could become the ultimate sacrifice for us. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Any person who denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. You're talking to anybody in your life and they say, oh, I don't believe Jesus is the son of God. I don't believe Jesus uh, came down and, and lived as God and as man. See, they have a problem with that. They can't quite comprehend how God could be in heaven and God could be on the earth. When you say God can't be in heaven and God can't be in earth at the same time, you limit God. God's not limited. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at every time in any place. He can be, he's everywhere this morning. He can be in heaven and he can be here. He doesn't have to leave heaven and then be here and while he's here not be in heaven. And that's what he's trying to show in the Bible through the relationship of him praying to his father is that he's omnipresent, but that he left heaven to come down to earth to take our place. That's the gospel. Amen? That's the gospel. Now go with me, if you would, to chapter 5. I'm going to run through the book of John, just a couple chapters here. The Lord put on my heart. Chapter 5. Get somebody saved with this message. John chapter 5. Verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. And shall not, watch this, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Now when it says he will not, he not, he will not come into judgment, that's talking about the judgment that's coming upon this earth. That's, coming, that's talking about the judgment of God making right what has been made wrong by people not listening to his voice. 28, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming, now watch this, in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. How many have got some loved ones that are gone and, and died in the Lord and you're looking forward to seeing them again? Listen, the Bible says right there that those loved ones are about to hear his voice. 
Oh, I thought that might get somebody excited. Let me, let me try over here. The Bible says that when those loved ones hear his voice, they are going to rise from the dead. I got a much better response from the wall. Let me try it again. I know you guys are probably on the right the verse before. How many got some loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord and you want to see them again? I've got some grandparents up there. I've got some friends. I can't wait to hug their neck again. And the Bible tells me right here, don't marvel at this, for the hour is coming. The hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. What does the Bible say about the rapture? The Lord himself shall descend and with the voice of an archangel, the dead in Christ shall rise. Amen. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Listen, I want to make a statement to you. When that trumpet sounds, I'm out of here. I'm ready and I'm watching and I'm waiting. And I don't want to see any of you still here. Amen. I don't want any of you to all of a sudden go, oh, I should have listened. I should have stayed awake in the service. I should have not been thinking about what I was going to do tomorrow. I should have said, you know what? This sin is real serious. I should deal with it. I don't want that to happen because church, my words fall very short. I don't know how many videos I can show you. I don't know how much I can scream at you. I don't know what I can do to get you to understand what's coming. I don't know what else to do, but I'm telling you it's coming. And that's not a, that's not a popular thing to say, but it's coming. And I want you to be ready. I want you to have oil in your lamps. I want you to be watching and waiting. I want you to be dealing with the sin in your life. I want you to be listening for that voice. I want you to be listening for the trumpet. So when it sounds, you don't hear what sounds like the voice of, a, of some kind of uh, just a noise, but you know it's a trumpet. I don't want you just to hear the earthquake and say, hey, did you feel that? I want you to be going up amen. when that sounds. Amen. And listen, the Bible says, and we've been talking about this a lot, it's at any moment. It's at any moment. I've been preaching the gospel for 23 years. And I've had a lot of messages where I felt an urgency. Never like now. Never like now. We literally don't know what's going to happen next week. We literally don't. We know what the world's saying is going to happen. All kinds of crazy things. The world. Have we, have we been talking about this long enough to understand that? If you're here and, you don't, and someone is like, I don't have a clue what he's talking about, go to lunch with them after, please. Go find someone. Say, can you go to lunch with me? I need to get, get caught up. Because it's serious stuff. It's really serious stuff. As we're speaking right now, Russia is sending lots of troops, lots of troops into Syria. That's prophetic. As we're speaking right now, regardless of many people that didn't want it to happen, the Iran deal is done. And they have power and money to, to do what they're going to do with their nuclear weapons. Listen, I don't know what we have to see. I don't know what we have to have happen for us to get slapped in the face enough for the water to wake us up, to get us to a place where we realize where we're at. Now, if you're ready, I'm not talking to you. If you're not ready, I'm talking to you. God's talking to you. And God is saying, I'm warning you. Because listen, Jesus himself said, the day that is coming has never been seen before and never will be seen again. See, the problem is, is where some of us are still stuck in Sunday school. The problem is some of us are still thinking about Jonah and the whale and Noah and the, and the ark and the cute little animals that are going to come out. And we don't really realize this is real. Well, you know why? You know why one of the reasons we don't realize this is real? Because we've been desensitized by the media and desensitized by phones and desensitized by all kinds of things for us to just be asleep. We've been talking about this church that, that the WWW World Wide Web is 666. It's the mark of the beast. It's not the actual thing you take, but it's the method and the media that the Antichrist is going to use to have his, all his, his people in order for these things to happen. And that very media has us sleeping. 
sleeping and desensitized and like, nah, that's just a movie that I saw last week. That's just a movie. We've seen so many movies. We've seen so many things. We've heard so many wolves cry that we think, nah, I've got more time. This, this, isn't, this isn't it. But Jesus said that if it wasn't for the elect, his people, his Jewish nation, he said no flesh would be saved. No flesh would be saved on this earth if it was not for that. Now, some people are going to sit there and say, you know, I just don't buy that. Well, you will buy it. You'll buy it. Buy it today. Buy it today. And guess what? It's free. It's free. All you got to do is call on the name of Jesus. It says, he who hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has everlasting life. He who believes, I believe. Amen. That same chapter I read in Revelation says Jesus is the word of God. Amen. He's speaking to us. He who has an ear to hear, the Bible says over and over again. And it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 28, read on with me. Do not marvel at this for the hours coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. There are people and religions and groups and, and people who think, no, when we die, the lights are going out. That's not what Jesus just said. He said, we are all going to be judged. Every single one of us. And he's a just God. Now quickly, chapter 10. I'm closing, I promise. Chapter 10. Some of you say, amen. Thank the Lord. John chapter 10. Give me an amen when you're there. Actually, let's look at 9 real quick. John chapter 9. Verse 4. Simple verse. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. Amen? There's a time coming when no man can work. That means it'll be too late. Listen, guys, when that trumpet sounds, you're either going or you're staying. And it's final. It's not a second or a third one. It's, you're either going or you're staying. And you can go this morning. You can go this morning, but you've got to go through the door. The door. Amen? Elbow that person that's sleeping next to you and say, wake up. This is important. Don't miss this. John chapter 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, because right now, I, I promise you the devil wants you to take a nap. Oh, go to sleep real quick. Sleep, little baby. Rock-a-bye, baby. He's putting you to sleep. Wake up. Amen? Wake up. This is important. Amen. Verse 10, chapter 10, verse 1. Most certainly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And verse 4 says they know his voice. Now watch this, verse 7. Jesus said again, most surely I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. How many have seen a little, little, uh, uh, little uh, pattern going on here? Call the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. I like that word saved. Saved is much better than condemned. I don't know if you know... Don't know the power of words, but saved is much better than condemned. Right? Heaven is much better than hell. Light is much better than darkness. Peace, peace is much better than depression. Rest is much better than weary. Just making sure you all know that. Yeah, those are things we can have. We can have all those things over here on this hand and not have these things over in here by putting our faith in the door. The door. 
I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. He'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief, though, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Now let's look real quick at chapter 14. Oh, I love hearing those pages turn. John 14. At any moment, say at any moment, the trumpet can sound. And when it sounds, the church of Jesus Christ is going to be taken off this earth. The word rapture means snatched out of danger. Some of you have seen scientific alien movies and UFO movies and maybe you might even remember Star Trek said beam me up Scotty that's what's going to happen but it's not going to be aliens it's going to be Jesus taking us into heaven taking us off this earth before hallelujah the garbage and the judgment and the condemnation and the wrath falls on the earth Jesus is going to take us out who can go anybody who wants to go through the door if you haven't listened to anything I said, listen in the next five minutes, please. This isn't fairy tale. This is real. This is real. And listen, real soon, and I say real soon, I mean real soon, you'll see the news. Well, I hope none of us see the news. But people will see the news. And they'll be reporting all over the world. Hundreds of millions, and I would even hope to say billions, but I, I doubt it. Hundreds of millions of people have disappeared gone and then will come the great deception that we were abducted by aliens that we were taken away listen I heard I I, I just have to be real this morning I heard a lot of stuff said even in the baptisms that people were Catholic listen I'm going to make a statement that's very strong the Catholic church is dangerous I've never in 23 years my marriage just, just came out and said the Catholic church is dangerous but it's dangerous If you know people that are in there, you need to pray for them. You need to pray for them quickly. Because Revelation 17 even says, come out of them. Come out of her, it says. Because there is is a a, a plan being planned right now by the Pope and the Catholic Church. The people in the Catholic Church, they don't know. They're just following. But the the leaders are planning a great deception. And they're going to say, listen, mark my words. If you, if you don't want to go be with us, you choose that. But if you're still here, God forbid, you're going to hear the words that they were abducted by aliens. And the, and the people that were a problem and that hated homosexuality and all those bad things, they've been taken off the earth and yay, they're gone. And we'll be saying, yay, we're gone too. Amen. Amen. We'll both be saying, yay, we're gone. Amen. We'll both be saying it. But listen, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. How do I know? Because of everything else that's happened. It's, it's, it's coming and it's coming soon. It's at the door. It's at the door. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Who? Jesus. Jesus. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, listen, I will come again and I will receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Now notice that Jesus says here in these verses that he is going to take us to where he is. He is not bringing him to us. That's the second coming of Christ. The rapture is us being taken to him. I wish I had all day long to get into all the things I could tell all of you that are here about the Jewish wedding and all these different things we've been talking about for a long time that show so clearly and so amazing the plan God has for his bride. But we don't have time. All you need to do this morning is by the power of the Holy Spirit say, Jesus, 
Just Jesus. You might not understand it all, but just say Jesus. Because there was a thief on the cross who looked over at Jesus and had a revelation and in one second said, Jesus, Jesus. And Jesus looked back at him and said, today you will be with me in paradise. That's the power of the gospel. If you will just believe in him, you'll be saved. You don't have to understand all the things that we understand this morning through this Bible, but you need to understand he is the lifeboat. He is what you have got to grab onto right now and say, Jesus, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, I go, and where I go, you know the way. Now look at verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes. Now, no one means no one. And comes to the Father except through me means except through me. Meaning that there's no other saint, no other God, no other person, no other anything that can get you to heaven except Jesus. Period. Oh, they're so narrow-minded. Oh, they're so closed-minded. Yeah, and guess what? The ones who are not closed-minded and narrow-minded are going to be deceived when the Antichrist comes. There is a plan in place right now to deceive this world. But Jesus said what was going to happen. Put your faith in me. I want you to go quickly. I promise this is my close. Revelation chapter 3. I have waited a long time to to share this. And I'm going to share it this morning. Unless the Holy Spirit changes it in the next couple minutes. Which he's done several times. Because some of you I'll never see again. I want you to hear this. I want you to know that there's hope. There's hope this morning in Jesus. There's hope for your family. There's hope for your life. There's hope for your kids. There's hope for this whole world. And, and, and listen, the door is closing. Just like in the ark, when that door shuts, no one can get in. Because God is a God. When he shuts a door, it shuts. When he opens a door, it opens. No man can open it. No man can close it. It's God alone. And the door is shutting. It's just about to shut. Can you still get in? Yes. Can your family still get in? Yes. But I don't, at any moment, it could shut. Totally shut. And once it's shut, it's shut. Amen? Amen? Why? Because God's a God of order. He's got a time and the things that he said are established. And it's going to happen. And we're there. Revelation 3. I'm going to read. Actually, I'm going to tell you this first. Just hold Revelation 3. About two months ago, I've, if anybody knows me, I've, I'm not a person who's, I can say, almost say, ever had visions. Matter of fact, how many of you know people who've had visions? Maybe you're one that's had visions. I remember all these years of being saved, I would hear people tell stories. Man, I had a vision. Man, I saw this. Man, I had a dream. I don't dream much. I don't even dream much. You know, scientists will say you dream every night. I don't, when I say I don't dream much, it means I don't remember anything that I dream about, hardly ever. Maybe you're like that. So I'd hear these people say, oh, I had a vision, oh, I had a dream, all these different things. And I would almost get jealous. And I'd almost be like, God, how can you can't ever speak to me like that? Am I not spiritual enough? What's wrong with me? And some people I think are super spiritual. Like the Lord told me to brush my teeth. Right? <laughs> but I would love to hear the voice of God every day, like audible voice. It's just not how he works with me. And I can tell you over 23 years, I don't know if I've ever had a vision. So when I tell you I've had a vision this morning, that means something. And I have, I have battled, anybody that's been in this church has known for the last few months, I've battled in my prayers and I've battled at night. And people have interceded for me and prayed with me and, and helped me at, at different times. People have called me. Even just recently, my mom said, Dude, were you, what was going on at this time, at this day? I was interceding for you. And I've been battling because I know that God has given me this voice right now to tell people what's coming and what's going on. And, and the devil fights that. 
Because I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of churches this morning that aren't talking about this. They're just business as usual. And so I have literally paid a price spiritually in lacking of sleep, just battling with the, with the Holy Spirit and battling with the Lord on, on when to say what and how to say it and how to tell you guys these things. And so I, I've even had times where I wake up in the middle of the night and fear would grip me and I would, I would have to fight it. And so then I even, I even saw this thing one time. This will lead into the vision. I, and I call it the vision. I, saw, I, I was led into this thing where I saw um, on, uh, on TV or a video I was watching about how in, in the tribulation and martial law will be in place. And in martial law, uh, they, they, will co- they will go after anybody who is claiming to be a Christian in the tribulation. And they will kill them they will behead them they will they will arrest them um it will be like it will be like the times of hitler all over again and church today there's fema camps there's all kinds of things that i can't even go into for time this morning that are happening around the united states that are being set up for something and the public is kind of still just asleep to it but it's real and I saw a video one time, and something, I just remember in my spirit, and I know God wanted me to see it, it was something about 4 o'clock in the morning. And so I would get woke up a lot right before 4 o'clock in the morning. I'd wake up just, just wide awake. And so my phone is right next to me on the nightstand, and so I would look over, and I would, let me get rid of this thing that's on my page. I'd look over at my phone. And I'd click the little button on the side, and it would show the time. See, 11:48. That's that's that just so I'd look. So I'd look, and it'd always be right before four, every time. And so I'd get up, and I'd go downstairs, and I'd walk around, and I'd pray. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Sometimes I'd even go over to the windows and look out, see if someone was coming to get me. I don't know what I was fighting. I don't know. I don't know. I just tell him, just being honest with you. You can call it paranoid, you can call it whatever, but that's what I would do. I'd go and look and see if someone was in the sh- I, I, I don't know what I was doing, but I, every morning, almost every day, I'd wake up at this time. And one of the reasons that this battle was going on is because I believe that there's a false doctrine being preached that Christians are going to go through the tribulation. Right. I believe that's a false doctrine. And, and I believe, and, but... The heart that I have is I don't want to be wrong. And I don't want all of you to be wrong. It's a scary thing to be, be the one who has to take the responsibility for all of you. Spiritually. Now you individually have to take your own, obviously. But I'm the shepherd of this house and I have to lead. And I have to make sure that what I'm saying is what God says. And so I have spent literally hundreds, hundreds of hours studying and, 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 and trying to say, God, what is what your word says? What is going to happen? And, and make sure that I go to the side of, of the devil's advocate, so to speak. And you go over here and say, okay, what, what is it that they're saying? And So when I would go over there and I'd study that side, just like anything, there's verses you can take and there's things you can use and there's things that can, that can say, well, maybe that's the case. And so it was a time of almost darkness, spiritually. Not, not that I'm afraid to go through the tribulation. If we go through the tribulation, God's going to be with us. God's going to take care of us. But I want to be right, and I want to be able to say, this is what the Bible says. And so it's been a battle. And so one day I woke up and looked at the clock. And I've done that every day almost. So it wasn't a big deal to wake up and see the clock and see that it was 4, 4 or 5, a little bit before 4. It was always that time. And so hit it again, and I remember this one day, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, it said 3.58. That was the time. So I, I, I hit, you know, it closed. I laid there for a second, and I said, okay, I'm going to get up. It's like I always do. So I got up, and I grabbed my phone, and, I, and every, th- this is the only day that I grabbed my phone. And so this is kind of a walking vision. So I... I grabbed the phone, and again, I felt like the Spirit was leading me to do that because usually I would just get up and go downstairs. My phone would just stay there charging. That morning, I grabbed my phone, and I hit my phone. And as you've seen, every time I turn it off and turn it back on, it's my home page, and it's, it's time, right? Every time. But this particular morning, 
I have an app in my phone. Now, I'm going to close it again. I know you can't all see real good, but I'm going to hit it. And I open like that. And then that's my home page. Well, on my page over here, way over here, is an is a app called Flight Stats. Whenever I'd go pick up people at the airport. But you know on a phone, you have to go to that app, and you have to hit that app, and it has to open. Well, that morning, I did the same thing. I turned the time on, and when I turned it on, it was not on my home page. That was on. And it's a plane, and it's pointing straight up. Yes, it's very cool. And I believe the Lord spoke to me and said, that's the rapture. I'm taking you out. There's no way for me to open up to that app. And that's the only time it's ever happened to me. What's even cooler, though, is I saw that and it immediately hit my spirit. I'm thinking, man, this might be the first time in my life I'm having a vision. <laughs> Let's see what happens. So I go downstairs with this like this, and God's putting things together. I woke up at 3.58. I see the flight thing. I go downstairs. I'm walking around a little bit, and then God speaks to me and says, Go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, and read through 8. 3.58. And look what it says. Watch this. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And the angel of the church in Philadelphia wrote, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. And watch this. He who opens and no one shuts. And shuts, and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have little strength. For you who have little strength have kept my word and have not denied my name. That's the only vision I've ever had in my life. Amen. And it was peaceful. Amen. It was peaceful. And I thank God. I believe it's the rapture. And the next day he woke me up and it was, he said, look at your clock. And it was 3.52. And when he said 3.52, he said, I can't tell you, go read Revelations chapter 3, verse 5 through 2. It was on purpose to know that that was the verse he wanted me to read. And if you go to chapter 4, real quick, and I'm musicians, you can come. If you go to chapter 4, look what the verse 1 says, which we believe clearly is the rapture of the church. After those things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet. Speaking to me saying, come up here and I'll show you these things which must take place after this. How many want to be up there when these things that must take place after this happen down here? How many want to be up there? Amen. We can be.